Welcome to the second episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. We are back. I was excited. Um, you guys love the episode one. Um, like I said, we're only going to go up from here. Just stay with me, stick with me, support. Um, you've been checking up on my updates. You know about the Kawhi stories, the Durant story that just came out uh, not too long ago. Along with a couple trades, summer league basketball with Zion and RJ going head to head against each other. I'm watching. I'm actually watching it currently as I'm podcasting. But uh, we got a, this is a good episode coming up today. Um, we are still awaiting Kawhi's decision. Uh, he's taking his sweet time with it, but. I'm sure all of these teams would be delighted if they just knew what he was doing the next 24 hours uh, as free agents are rapidly going away, signing with other teams. Um, for example, the Lakers, they were going, they had a set of names that they were going after. Uh, those names as such as Seth Curry, J.J. Redick, um, Bondanovich, those those guys have already signed with teams and with good teams with some good deals. Um, J.J. Reddick signed with the Pelicans. Bondanovich signed with the Utah the first day of free agency. So those guys didn't wait. They didn't waste no time in getting their check. Uh, so we're just going to start with the KD reports. Um, it's well documented. Uh, so we just got a series of support uh, reports basically stating why Durant left. And I expected this to come out. I was waiting for the, the day that we knew Durant and Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan were teaming up to go to Brooklyn. Uh, we saw these. We knew these reports were coming out. I knew they were coming out. It was only a matter of time that we get the real definitive answer or somewhat of an answer on why Durant chose to leave. Uh, because from the inside, from the outside looking in, you may think of it as the, the, the best opportunity, the best place for Durant. The, I mean, certainly the easiest way to win is with the Warriors, despite the injuries. So you were just wondering, why did he leave? So we got basically... The spillover with Durant and Draymond's relationship, especially after after the arguments, how that spewed over into the locker room, and that basically had an effect in the locker room, and they quite never really got over that. Then we had the report with Steve Kerr being playing an influence or playing a key role. This league sources. Uh, with Durant not returning, we we all know Kerr is a, is a his he's a players coach. So I don't really know how Durant can't really care for Steve Kerr. I don't know how any player doesn't like Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is a players coach, um, but as we saw and as we know, Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors offense is based upon, and it's just the basis of it is moving and player movement. And Durant was for that. Durant was for that for some of the time. But when it was time to go, when it was time to take over games, Durant wanted a little. He wanted iso ball. He wanted isolation play. 
and Steve Kerr just wasn't feeling that. And then just, and then the last report that came out is just the fact that Durant would never overcome Steph. Um, you, he should have saw this coming. He should have saw this coming. Durant would just never be as he, he had. He had a sense where he had, he felt that he would never be as loved and as appreciated in that area, in the Oakland, in the San Francisco area, as much as Steph was loved and appreciated. He never sensed that. He never sensed that sense of love that Steph got. But that is expected, at least from my hand, at least from my part. From my view, when Durant left, okay, I knew there was going to be asterisks next to those championships. Yeah, we, 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 he, we've all seen and realized that Durant has the ability to be the greatest player on planet Earth, the best player in the game, best player in the league, but him wanting the appreciation from the fans and people and management within the Warriors, he quite never got that. Um, which is the biggest reason why I think he left? I think is the sense of the Draymond thing. The Draymond thing, I think, really was the was a determining factor on Durant leaving or wanting to leave. Because I think this Durant thing was done, a done deal, like I told you in the last episode. I thought this Durant thing was a done deal during the season a lot of people around the league figured that Durant would leave Golden State for New York. Um, so with this Draymond thing, I'm hearing that there was a sense in the Warriors management where, and you hear about the you you hear the Joe Lacob and Bob Meyer jokes about how they helped Durant get a title and get over the pedestal and. Let him finally conquer the title and actually be in the mentions or conversation of or the people having actually the thought that, hey, Durant might be actually better than LeBron James. People, they thought Bob Myers and staff within the Warriors feel as that they helped Durant conquer that. And there was a sense where Durant was they saved Durant, they saved his legacy, but within Durant's camp, they feel as that, hey, we saved the Warriors' legacy. We saved this dynasty. We saved this dynasty. We we didn't have to come here. Le, you had you guys had lost to LeBron the following the the, the last year. You guys had lost to LeBron. So you guys needed me. But that's where all of that came from. And then Draymond literally actually saying it. Calling him the B word. The, the, this the on the court dysfunction. The argument. The arguments that took place. That we all saw. That was visible. I think it was. I mean it's Draymond. It's Draymond. He's the heart and soul of the team. Um, many around the organization feel as that if he wasn't 
there. He's not the the war the team wouldn't be as tough. But some of us tend to think, such as Steve Kerr, he need to tone it down at times because that emotion and passion for the game, that love for the game, could be taken out of context. And it could cost you a championship as it did in the 2016 NBA Finals. So with the whole Draymond and Durant thing, the relationship... Durant, and actually Durant and Draymond were very cool. Uh, they hung out together, they ate dinner. They they did, they, they were really cool. I think out of the big three with the with Steph, Clay, and Draymond, Draymond, I think most would say Draymond was the closest friend to Durant. I think he was the biggest tool for getting Durant there. So... With their relationship gone, the gone down the drain, and it never getting back to a place where they were back to that place where they hung out, like he's they they was just at that point where he was like, hey, they're we we're cool, we're like we're cool enough, we we can coexist enough where we can play on the same team, but. It clearly had an impact in the locker room, um, and it showed on the court at times. It showed on the court at times. Draymond and Durant wanted to go isolation. Draymond not wanting to pass it or whatever, or so forth. Um, and it's just ironic and crazy how Draymond and Durant had probably the best relationship out of that three. Out of the three, Durant had the he probably his best relationship was probably with Draymond. And for that if for it to end like that, it's crazy. Um and then the owners and then management of the people that sit upstairs with the Warriors and the sense from Durant's camp, they never just felt that Durant would have a leg up on Steph. People, Durant, people within Durant's camp, they were thinking, hey, Durant, two finals MVPs, outplayed LeBron. Our guy, Durant, is, he's the guy. He's our guy. He needed to be treated as such. But within Warriors brass, within Warriors management, they like, uh, nah, he's not a splash bro. He don't belong here. He don't belong here. He's not a splash bro. He didn't help us build this. He didn't help us build this. So the fact that Durant never received the credit or appreciation that he felt he got, I think that had an impact in it. But I think at least... Half of his decision, I think fifty percent of him, fifty percent of him leaving had to do with Draymond. At least fifty percent, because that 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 took a toll. I'm pretty sure that took a toll, and the Bob Meyer jokes and the the the, the management jokes with Durant and them saving Durant and all that. That was okay at the time, but then now with Draymond 
actually literally saying it, it's kind of it was kind of a low blow. It was kind of a low blow, and it was like, hey, don't forget, we saved you. But I can sit here and make an argument right now that Durant saved the Warriors. And he proved it. He showed it how he showed how valuable he was to the Warriors in the finals. That one game he came back, he had eleven points. He was well on his way to scoring and dropping forty on Toronto. He was three from three from downtown. He was well on his way from dropping forty in that game five. I'm not sure. I'm surprised a report didn't come out on how Durant felt about the injury and the injury, but we already had gotten that before Durant even signed. We already saw reports that Durant was mad, a little frustrated that the Warriors handled his injury and that process poorly. Because I don't know if you guys know, but Durant and his crew and his camp was... They had a a target date. They had a game. They had a a, a game. They, game five was supposed to be the date, the target where Durant make his return. And ever since the the conference finals didn't after after the conference finals started, there was every other night, every other game, the Warriors would try to play cat and mouse. And with the opposing team and like, hey, we we don't know if Durant's playing. Durant is questionable. They basically had it. The Warriors had it out there on the table. Like, hey, Durant might come back tonight, knowing that Durant and his camp already have a date set for his return, which was Game Five. Game one of the finals. They tried to play the cat and mouse games. Uh. Durant might come back. Durant may not come back. I don't know because of scouting purposes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it was. I think they knew. I think they were forced. I think they were trying to force him to come back. And then once they saw the series wasn't going as expected, because we can all admit that the the the, the Warriors in the Raptors series, the Warriors were clearly the better team, especially with a healthy Durant. The Warriors were the better team. But Kawhi Leonard played great. Toronto came to play. They put in some defenses that limit, limited the Warriors offensively. And I said it through, I said it through, really when Durant went down, I said it. I said, if you look at the Warriors offense and who they have out there starting, out there in the five, you had Steph and Clay, then you had Iguodala, Along with Draymond and Kevon Looney, and I was I was basically making an argument that you only have literally two offensive threats on the court, two offensive threats, and Steph and Clay. Then when you take Clay out the mix, Toronto can just go boxing one. Toronto Toronto showed you a zone. Toronto they showed you a lot of defenses. Cause you can do multiple things with that when a, a when the team when that a team like that is offensively limited. So, I take that all into account, and then the Steve Kerr thing that caught that kind of caught me off guard because Steve Kerr 
is a well like guy around the league. Uh, he's one of the best coaches in the league, obviously. He's one of the best offensive minds in the league. Um, and it, it just caught me off guard because Durant really, he did, in some form or fashion, he did fit within that offense. He did fit with inside that offense. And that caught me off guard that he didn't have the best relationship with Kerr or he they didn't see eye to eye. I I that caught me off guard. But with Durant some, sometimes wanting to go isolation and that's not really the flow of Steve Kerr's offense and how the Warriors play. It kind of ticked them. It kind of ticked each those two off. They didn't mesh. They didn't mesh, and we starting to see that in Houston. I get to Houston in the second. I I forgot about Houston the, the first episode, but I'm gonna get to Houston because there's problems in Houston. I will get to Houston, but. With Kerr's offense and the player movement and the ball movement and with su- and moving, the movement is so fluent and so up tempo. I thought Durant fit well and he did, but the isolation play he he wanted isolation play sometimes, and when you're a scoring machine like Durant, seven nearly I mean he's seven feet tall with a handle that can pull from thirty, yeah, why not? Why not go isolation? Who's going to stop you? You're 6'11", 6'10". You're speedy. You're quick on your feet. You got a handle, a tight handle, and you can pull from anywhere. You can pull from 30. The guy can pull from 30. The ring can drop 35, 40 in his sleep. So why not go ISO sometimes? When teams are playing good defense, why not go ISO? Why not? That's not a bad option to have. That's probably the best option to have in in the league right now. It's Kevin Durant, isolation ball. Who's going to stop him? You put anybody in, who's going to stop him? So that report kind of caught me off guard when I heard that. Because it was shocking. But it is what it is. Durant has left. Uh, That's just drama. Durant was uh, Durant. It was reported that Durant had told Stephen A. about these reports. Those reports was BS. I don't know how BS they can be. Those were multiple sources. Why would multiple sources be lying on Kevin Durant? And I think it just shows either how sensitive Durant is, or or how like I guess gangster because he he's had he I guess is gangster him because he. Text he texts these guys right after they break these reports and he basically says no that's not the truth that's BS so I, I don't know if it's gangster of him uh I don't know if it's gangster of him trying to go back and combat those reports or these various reports that often come out or it just shows how sensitive he is I mean Durant is so he. The burner accounts that shows a whole different, a whole another level of sensitivity. Then you add, I mean, I mean, these are little kids somewhere in the house on on Instagram, just 
tweeting their fingers away, just typing, trying to get you mad, and you respond to them with burner accounts. So sensitive. So sensitive. I often said Durant, Durant is one of the, if not the most sensitive superstar I've ever seen in sports, period. Besides basketball and sports, I don't think I've never seen an athlete so sensitive to criticism and most of these critics most of these critics be 12 and 13 year old boys i don't get it i don't get it maybe because we're growing up in the age of social media but and i just you just it's just unfair to point at durant being the most sensitive but because i'm sure other players would be sensitive but durant is this sensitivity stuff is just on a whole nother level with the burner accounts and stuff just on a whole nother level. So, the Warriors are trying to be as respectful or trying to come off as respectful as possible. But these reports came out and it's just been the talk of the league besides Kawhi, of course. It's just been the talk of the league of the league so far. And Durant has basically responded like, no. He hasn't necessarily said what piece of these reports are BS, what portion is BS, uh, he, he, hasn't, he hasn't dissected that. So we can't just infer and try to see what, like, what is he saying that's BS. What exactly is BS, KD? The Draymond, I, I think that's legit. I think that's a real reason. The appreciation thing with Steph, I think that's a real reason. I'm not so sure about the Steve Kerr thing. I was surprised. I was taken by I was taken by surprise when I heard about the Steve Kerr repair, the report. When that came out, I was I was very shocked. But not to spend too much time on that. Durant, I just had to I just had to get you guys updated on that drama. Um if you follow my podcast uh IG account, you would you would have seen that post that I made about the the rant drama and saga that just continues but I told you guys that it will that things will start to spill out and come out once the rant signed and all that with Brooklyn I told you guys so that shouldn't be no shock um we had some trades today with the White Howard going to Memphis not really blockbuster the Wizards not going to really do much this year um, but I just thought I put them in there. I put them in there somewhere. Um, they trade for CJ Miles with Memphis. Memphis is just trying to clear the books. They're trying to play their young guys. Um, they got John Moran, so that should be fun. But the Wizards, uh, a lot of Wizards fans, they hit me up. They were like, hey, can you talk about us? Is Boogie coming to D.C.? Do you, do as Wizards fans, do you really want... The Marcus Cousins, the Marcus Cousins coming to DC. I mean, I get it that he played with John Wall, but you won't have John Wall at the initial start of the season. I think John Wall. I don't. I don't know where and how his recovery process is because I haven't heard much about it. But I mean, John Wall. I don't expect him to see. I don't expect to see John Wall until after the All Star break. So what good is DeMarcus coming DeMarcus Cousins coming to the Wizards gonna do? What I mean, what? Just to say he's here? 
I mean, Cousins look horrible on defense and doing the NBA Finals. Every I don't know if you noticed, but every time, and I watch these games, I watch these games. But every time you, every time they do, they they did high low pick and roll with with either uh with either Ibaka or Marcus Saul, they would switch because the Warriors switch everything, and that's what that's what what you do in today's game. You switch everything. Most teams do. Um, Kyle Lowry was just burning. He was just burnt. He was burning the Marcus Cousins, and they weren't. These weren't like high. These weren't moves. These weren't Kyrie type dribble moves. These were simple crossover, one dribble put. Like these were just simple moves that you do. <laughs> these were just simple moves, and he was. Bite, he was biting on these pump fakes and these up fakes and these crossovers. These basic crossovers. So, do you really want DeMarcus Cousins? DeMarcus, DeMarcus Cousins in this, isn't the same. He had one good game in the finals. That was game two. Where his his performance was well needed. He came in. He scored some points. His, his, his performance was, was very good. That, that one game. That one game out of six was very good, but the rest of the like the rest of the five games he he had a low shooting percentage offensively, was horrible defensively. I, I don't know what to say about Demarcus Cousins anymore. Uh, so you Wizards fans saying, "Hey, are we gonna get boogie?" You guys might get boogie. Uh, I don't know what it do for you. It doesn't it, it doesn't move you nowhere. It doesn't push the needle. No further with the Wizards. I don't know what you want me to tell you. It doesn't push you no further with the Wizards, but it's okay. We get it. We get it. But, you know, I just thought I'd mention the Wizards. Uh, numerous, well, not numerous, but a few young Wizard fans, they asked me to talk about the Wizards, and I was like, y'all realize it's not going to be positive, but it's okay. Um... So they traded Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard barely played for him. Dwight Howard, it seemed like he was in the news for his sexuality more than his actual game. So, and with Dwight Howard getting getting waived by Memphis, or they expected to waive him, uh, he I, I'm I don't I doubt a team signed him. I doubt a team signed him, and that would just be the end of Dwight Howard, I guess. So. I see you guys. This is um end of the first segment. We're gonna talk about Kawhi next. Kawhi's options with the Lakers. Some reports, some news that I heard. Um, hopefully Kawhi makes his decision like right like at midnight. I hopefully, hopefully, hopefully this thing doesn't carry over till Monday. Um, like I told you guys, I'll be out of town next week. Um, I'm gonna try to pod. For you guys on Monday, but I get to those details at the end of this episode. So more on this Kawhi story and the Kawhi meetings, um, the sweepstakes. So I told you guys that I figured that the Raptor meeting would go ro- go well. It did. It consists of Drake and Masai Ujiri. I'm not so sure about if they were separate or not, but uh, some details around that was Drake. Basically offering Kawhi some OVO share, 
or some participation within within OVO at some time and some point in time. I'm not so like sure about the specifics around that. But Drake was a heavy influence and a heavy talker during the pitch and during I guess the dinner and the meeting. Um somebody close within this within this camp in this situation has basically expressed that at first it was the Lakers in Toronto 50-50. Um I think I I posted this on my IG um my IG stories. I posted this about uh how Kawhi needs time to take make a decision, but basically it's 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 essentially a two-team race between the Clipper between the Lakers and the Raptors, excuse me. And like I told you guys, I think uh Kawhi is going to be a Laker. Uh now that I'm I'm here also that I heard this is the latest report as far as chances and percentage-wise, I'm hearing that it's more 60-40 Lakers now with with uh AD in the mix. Because I'm hearing that before a couple days before the AD trade had transpired and everything had went through, league sources, multiple league sources, were saying, "Hey, if the Lakers get a, if the Lakers get AD and acquire AD, Kawhi was going to be very interested, and it's a strong possibility that he signs." Well, since then, the Lakers have. Traded for AD, they have created cap space. Um, this AD trade might get postponed. Do may get postponed, uh, depending on where when Kawhi signs his contract. When so, and a lot of other teams could be facing some other effects due to this trade, due to this one trade. Uh, the Wizards would, you know, the Wizards took on the Lakers' other young core as far as Mo Wagner and all those other guys. Then the Pelicans, of course, with Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and, the, and Josh Hart, they would return back to the Lakers. If this, if, just if, this Anthony Davis interview it, um, trade is postponed. Not saying that Anthony Davis will not be playing for Lakers next year. Because he most likely will, but the trade may get postponed due to Kawhi, due to Kawhi's decision and him signing his max contract. Guys like J.J. Redick wouldn't be able to sign with the Pelicans, uh, along with Solomon Hill. Uh, of Russell would be in Brooklyn because of the Warriors in Memphis and how Memphis made some, a couple moves where they couldn't have traded, traded for Mike Conley and got... Iggy and traded with Iggy with the Warriors. So just a lot of dominoes could possibly fall. I'm not. I don't think. I don't think the AD trade is going to be postponed because a lot of dominoes would fall down, and a lot of moves and free agent moves that we saw in these first few days wouldn't have happened if the AD trade didn't go through. So. A lot of dominoes would be taking place. A lot of shifting would be happening. And I don't think that's going to happen. But back to Kawhi and his options. Someone close within the camp. Someone close within these decisions. I'm here. It's 60-40 Lakers. 
He always wanted to be in Southern Cal. Before he get before he was traded to Toronto, I think this is an advantage for the Lakers. Kawhi, before he went to Toronto, he wanted he wanted to be in Southern California playing for the Lakers. And then you add that factor along with him and the playing with AD. I don't know what it is about playing with AD, Anthony Davis. I don't know what it is. Kyrie wanted to play with Anthony Davis. LeBron wanted to play with Anthony Davis. It seems like Kawhi wants to play with Anthony Davis. He's a great player. <laughs> but back to the the base, the the basic thing, the base of the things. Kawhi, you know, he he wants he's going to sign a long term deal. I also reported that too. He's going to sign a long term deal. So be be on the lookout for a four or five year deal from either the Lakers, the Clippers, or the Raptors. Um, he's also looking for a load management similar to what he had this year. But if you look at Toronto, and people's like, why they just don't join the Clippers? Well, that's what that's when the low management and the combination of that with the second option comes in with Kawhi, because Kawhi he wants the benefit of a long term deal, and that and that deal whoever time whatever team he signs with, that deal consistent of them winning throughout those years those duration. And then the health and the health benefits as far as him having his own personal trainer and so forth. Also taking some games off like he did. Because Kawhi, mind you, Kawhi's only played, he only had two, he only has two seasons where he played 66 plus games. Last year, he took 22 games off due to load management and still was a little banged up during the postseason. Still was tired during the postseason. So, you take it into account of all of that, you know, uh, the situation, the health situation, that's gonna be that that's the that's gonna be one of the critical things, and also winning. Uh, I heard that Kawhi was also questioning the Laker big three, not not in a bad way necessarily, but in a way where it's gonna work, and how LeBron how LeBron is gonna play, and like I discussed to with you. The last podcast where I said LeBron had separate meetings and how every, I guess, leader within the Laker organization had a different leader. I mean, a different meeting, separate meeting with Kawhi. Well, LeBron had a separate meeting with Kawhi and himself. And then AD, LeBron, and Kawhi, they all had a meeting. From my understanding, within those meetings, LeBron talked about his play style and how he wants to be light on load management as well. So we all know LeBron is has always been that point forward type guy. I'm this is maybe pointing towards a shift where he turns into the actual point guard, somewhat of a Magic Johnson who who is the third who's he's going to be the third option or looking to be the third option and being and looking to Kawhi and Anthony Davis to score, showing that he has trust in those guys. Uh, that's all. That's always been a big, I guess I don't know, said knock against LeBron, but that's always been a, th- a thing with LeBron. He's never been able really to trust his teammates around him to make and create plays offensively, effectively, in his 16-year career, even with the young Laker core last year. 
and Lonzo being a good playmaker. He, LeBron had to take over at times. And during the middle of the season, he just went into that LeBron thing, that LeBron mode where he just takes over and he shows you how good he is. You know his name. You know who he is. So with Kawhi and Anthony Davis, those guys are truly offensive, offensively skilled enough where LeBron does, don't necessarily have to do that. He, he won't have to do that. He will not have to do that. These are two MVP caliber type guys. If Kawhi, of course, goes to the Lakers, and that's what that's what that whole pitch was about. Him having the load management along with Kawhi, and also taking a back seat and basically being the Magic Johnson of the show, and letting Kawhi handle the balls at times and score the ball and shoot the ball where he, you know. His sweet spots. Because with Kawhi, he's turned in. In his earlier days in San Antonio, he was a guy that could move without the ball. Spot up jump shooter who played defense. But as he as his game, as his offensive game evolved over the years, he's turned into a little bit of a heavy isolation type. Where he can, he can handle the ball. He can create and make plays for others. But he was really primary focus was scoring. So with that that's what happened with those that's what happened within the meetings with LeBron and Kawhi A D. They just bas- he basically talked it talked it up, chopped it up with him and said, Hey, this is this, I'm gonna be doing this, this is what you're gonna be doing. And hopefully that sold Kawhi. Hopefully Kawhi see that hey LeBron's gonna take a back seat. LeBron's on his last legs. This is your team. This is your team. And I don't get why people say this will be a bad career decision for Kawhi. Because you look at Durant's move. People were saying that about Durant's move. And yeah, he left now. But the Durant move, he went to Golden State. He won two titles. He won two finals MVPs. And who would have thought we would have... Some people have... I, the courage, and they and they analyze enough where they can say, "Hey, Durant is better than LeBron James. He outplayed him in the finals, in both finals. He outplayed them. So there's no argument no more. Durant is the best player in the league right now. That's what some people. That's what some people will argue. And I think the same could be said with Kawhi with this move. He wins a couple championships. LeBron. LeBron was excuse me. LeBron was the facilitator, and Kawhi was the first scoring option. That's what Kawhi. That's what Kawhi could have at the table possibly. Um, I'm not, with the Raptors situation, and as far as long term, and because Kawhi is like I told you guys, he's going to sign a long term contract. So as far as the long term contract and how that's gonna work out and work itself out because a lot of guys on that Raptor team are free agents coming up. You got Kyle Lowry as a free agent, Marcus Sard as a free agent, uh, Serge Ibaka. You got to eventually, eventually got to pay Pascal Siakam. He's going to be worth Max Dawes with his breakout year. So you look at, you take an account of that, you look at it, and you like, hey, th- this is what it is. And I know I'm not mentioning the Clippers. And these reports, and, w- and within the camp, 
they haven't they haven't informed anybody that the Clippers are out of the race or any team is out of the race necessarily. But uh, the Clippers, they probably la- they probably have the lowest chance of getting them. So if you're a Clipper fan, you probably won't get Kawhi. But with the Clippers, they they thought that they would be able to acquire the second guy or second stars like Jimmy Butler or possibly a Durant or a Kyrie to come team up and play, pair up with Kawhi. They didn't do that. They're not gonna. That's not gonna happen. So, it is what it is with the Clippers. Um, I don't know what to say about that. Uh, Kawhi, he's so he's just looking for. He's he, he. I don't know what he's waiting on. To be honest, now, I don't know what he's waiting on. People are saying due to the long way, he's gonna sign with the Raptors. I'm not having it. I don't. I don't think he will. I think I think he I think he'll be a Laker. I think he'll be a Laker. His relationship with Magic Johnson. I thought the LeBron pitch or the details behind the LeBron pitch and how LeBron could shift his game to more of a point guard, which which sixty to seventy percent of the time he is <laughs> while he's on the floor, he is the facilitator. And he does try to look to get op- to get people open and provide people with the best opportunities to score the basketball. So, I like I I I haven't said, but I think LeBron's the best passer of the basketball when he decides to pass the ball. He's the best passer of the basketball. He's he's the best point guard in basketball when he decides to put his mind to it and facilitate and make others better. Now, when it's time for him to take over, he does that too. So, with this whole Kawhi thing, him waiting, I don't know if he's stalling now. I don't know if he's if he's trolling us. I don't, he, you know, like I told you guys, he don't want no leaks. So teams may know or already have an idea what he's leaning to or what his his first option is, but. They're not going to disclose that because they don't want to ruin the chances of landing an all-time talent in Kawhi. So, they don't want to mess that up. They don't, people, teams do not want to screw that up. Um, we're going to get to, I'm going to get to a couple teams. I got to the Wizards already. I'm going to get to a couple teams like the, the Rockets, uh, the Knicks. We got to talk about the Knicks, the Knicks dysfunction and how they just, the free agency went backwards it went left to what was supposed to happen with the Knicks this in free agency this summer so i found that interesting um and for later episodes uh you guys can give me ideas i got ideas ready to go and set for next week um we're going to be slowly transitioning into football but this is just what is it with the Kawhi deal the Kawhi thing is um, it's starting to get very long. I'm sure many fans have built up anxiety, where they they just they just don't care where he signs no more. They like just sign, so franchises get on get on with their free agency, so they can make some moves. So 
this Kawhi thing has been well stretched, well weighted. It should be well thought about. I hope he makes the right decision. Um, like I told you guys, I think he's going to be a Laker. If you you can take a look at the Las Vegas odds for twenty twenty champions, and if the Lakers if the Lakers are overwhelmingly huge favorites, according to Vegas, then Vegas must know something, or they might have an idea of where Kama- where Kawhi might land. Just looking at their probability and who they think are favorites to win a title next year. Or how distance is the gap and where does Toronto sit? Because if Toronto's outside the top 10, then Vegas must be trying to tell us that, hey, Kawhi's leaning to L.A. But if L.A. is still number one, but if if the Raptors are within the top six or seven, then it's made me like, uh, we're 50-50 about this. We don't know if Kawhi's going to be a Laker. We don't know if he's going to be a Raptor. We don't know. So, hopefully he makes a decision tomorrow. It's Friday, so hopefully he makes a decision on Saturday. It would be a big it would be a great Saturday for many fans if he does. I'm hoping that he do. Uh as far as the financials with the contracts are also reported or I gave you guys a little update. I'm just going to stop saying that I, I reported this. But I gave you guys, according to Forbes, Kawhi can make more money in his over four years in L.A., either the Clippers or the Lakers, than he would in Toronto. And to be exact, it's $11 million more. $11 million more that he would make in L.A. than he would in Toronto. Um, due to tax purposes and how things go over there in tax, and I know you guys are probably saying, what about the five-year deal with Toronto? Well, essentially, do, barring that he's healthy or he isn't healthy, that's just like a new, that, that $50 million, you get that in the fifth year, and that's basically the, the start of a new contract where they even extend you or you just play it out and you, you're, you become a free agent. So, that fifth year, you, you just exclude that fifth year. Over the four years, he would make more money in L.A. than he would in Toronto due to tax purposes. Um, taxes work up there a little bit different in Canada. Uh, I, I, I don't quite know the specifics behind it or, log- or the logistics and analytics behind that. But according to Forbes, I was reading the article, according to Forbes, that is what he can make. And that's what at stake. It that's what at it is at stake. Um, with Kawhi and the the Kawhi sweepstakes. So look forward for a long term deal. He's probably gonna make his announcement tomorrow. If he do, we're gonna be on air, of course, talking about whatever team he signed with. Where do they square up? How do they go with that? So, yep. On the Houston, let's go. So I'm back. Um, as I'm watching the summer league game between the Knicks and the Pelicans, uh, there was an earthquake during the game, and that was just funny how because uh, there was they were reported multiple earthquakes in L.A. But on to Houston, Houston, um, the Houston thing. 
I'm glad Jimmy Butler did not go. I'm glad that it was that they were not able to complete the tr- tr- sign and trade with Philly. Um, I thought that would have been dysfunction. I think that would have been more turmoil. Jimmy Butler is a guy that is known for having a, a somewhat of an ego, and then you add that with James Harden and already Chris Paul having their beef between with 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 each other. I think that would have been a bad match. And plus, Jimmy Butler doesn't even fit. Jimmy Butler's not a spot-up shooter. And I want to get to their to their offense and how successful is it or how successful it's going to be in the postseason. Or how, did it look, how does it look in the postseason. But Jimmy Butler did not fit with Houston. He did not fit with Houston. He was not a clear fit with Houston. He's a somewhat of a mid-range shooter. Who uh who needs the ball, who's going to defend, he's gonna defend his butt off and he wants his numbers, but he's a mid range he's a mid range shooter, okay three point shooter, not the be- not a knockdown three point specialist, but he's an okay three point shooter, good enough where you have to respect it. And a guy that needs the ball to score and be productive on offense. I thought Philly was a perfect match for him. I like what Miami did, like I mentioned the last episode. Miami really gonna make moves. I don't I don't know how serious the fan Miami fans should take it or how sh- serious they should take me. But I think the I think those moves were fantastic with Pat Riley making that move and looking towards and forwarding for summer of twenty twenty and who they're gonna sign then. Um, so I think that was some tremendous strides made by them. Uh, so with Philly, I thought that was a good. I thought he would have fit well. I thought they would have resigned him. I thought they were gonna let Tobias Harris walk away, but there were rumors saying and reports that were saying Jimmy Butler is were going was going to leave Philly essentially. Um, no matter if they offer him the max, and the report did come out and say hey, they did offer him the max. So. But Philly got better. Miami got better. I'm glad Houston didn't get the answer, Jimmy Butler. That would have been bad. That would have been terrible. As far as Houston, where they rank in the Western Conference, because I know I talked about the Western Conference, some Western Conference teams, and how I thought they would do. Um, I'm not so sure. I I think that they're going to be good. Houston, don't get me wrong. Houston's going to be good. Um, The West is deep. It's deeper than was when it's when it was last year, of course, certainly. But I think Houston's going to win. I think they're going to win about their their share of fifty games. But as far as Chris Paul and James Harden, Chris Paul is no longer. I'm, we're, we're, gonna, we're coming up with nicknames. Chris Paul is no longer Chris Paul. Chris Paul looked like Cliff Paul in the Western Semis. Chris, Cliff Paul had one. He had one good game in the Western Semis. The other five games, Chris Paul looked like Cliff. He looked like his and she like his State Farm alter ego. Chris Paul was not himself. I don't know if because he got older. I don't know if it's because of the injuries. I don't know if it's the Jordans that he have on. I don't know. But he like Cliff Paul. He like Cliff Paul. The guy that helps you with your insurance. He like him. He like him in the first five games. Chris Paul came to play in game six. 
I commend him for that. He played well in game six. I remember it. But first five games, Chris Paul was a shell of himself. And he's Cliff. And mind you, I was I was I was a big component of saying, hey, if I'm Houston, I don't sign Chris Paul to a four-year max. He was not worth it. He was not worth it. He was not he is not the same Chris Paul. And you want to talk about declining and falling on a falling off a cliff at our own at our own eyes? Chris Paul is falling off a cliff. He is falling off a cliff. He looked absolutely horrible in that series. He looked he looked god awful in that series. He like Cliff Paul. He's Cliff. For now on, Chris Paul is Cliff Paul. He's Cliff Paul. He looked horrible in that series. He looked he looked like a shell of himself in that series. And hopefully he comes back and play better next year. But Chris Paul is certainly on a decline. And I would not have signed him to a four-year max. Not this summer, but the past summer. Houston signed him to a four-year max. The guy over the last four seasons missed 20-plus games. So first you're telling me he, does, he, he, he don't play 70, 60 to 70 games on a regular basis. He hasn't done that since his beginning years in the Clippers in L.A. He hasn't done that. He's had a multitude of knee procedures. And now in Houston, it's his hamstring. Or it's just injuries in general. I wouldn't assign to a four-year max. I don't know when they when they did that trade with Doc Rivers and the Clippers. I don't know if that was just a handshake and Chris Paul was like, "Hey, you guys, you gonna sign me to?" They, I don't know if that was just an underneath the table type deal. But if I'm Daryl Morey and Daryl Morey is smart, I like him. I he's very smart. He has that. He's a he's an MIT guy, so he's one of those tech nerds. He's an MIT guy, but he's one of those guys where I get the stars. We're going to get the stars. We're going to put all stars around this team. We'll figure out the chemistry later, though. We're going to we're going to figure out the chemistry later. We're not going to we, we we're just going to put the stars together. As long as I can get the stars, we're going to get them. But we'll figure out the chemistry all later. And I don't know if that Chris Paul four-year max thing was a deal underneath the table, but I do not like it. That was a bad deal. That was a bad deal. And I like Daryl Morey, but that was a bad deal. I wouldn't assign Chris Paul, a Cliff Paul, to a four-year max. There's no way on God's green earth I'm doing that. I'm not signing a banged-up, practically washed-up, all-star point guard to a four-year max. I would have gave him a three-year max. I would have gave him a two-year. But a four-year max? And, and, and look at this. Soon, soon as the playoffs ended, soon as the finals concluded, hey, reports come out, hey, Houston, they're trying to move off Chris Paul. You can't move off of him now because nobody's going to take on that contract. Chris Paul is, Cliff Paul is too expensive. He's too expensive. It's a high risk and low reward. 
if you get him, you take on you take on his contract and it goes on your books. And he's in he's clearly not himself no more. So you're not getting you're not getting the represent production that you would want. So the four year max was a huge mistake by Houston. But I guess they had to. I don't know. I guess it was a deal. It was I guess it was an under the table deal that him and the Clippers had. I mean him and the Rockets had, I guess. I guess. And then with James Harden, I mean, it, it, he never seems to amaze me. Many people were telling me, hey, James Harden, MVP, James Harden, best player in the league. I said, nope, I'm not going to do it. You guys tell me that every year. You guys tell me that every year. And I discussed Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook. I discussed him on the last episode. I'm discussing James Harden this episode. Those guys, those two are the same player. It's just that Harden is left-handed and he can shoot a little better. But though Russell Westbrook and James Harden, you tell me what's the difference besides the beard and James Harden being able to shoot. What's the difference? They both come up short in the postseason. They both let they both lack leadership qualities. Who do you know lose a game six in NBA playoffs? And this is not this year, but this was a couple years back where Houston lost to San Antonio, where James Harden had 13 turnovers, where he shot a whopping one for 13, where the Spurs went into Houston and beat Houston by 20. Without Kawhi, and went on to play Golden State in the conference finals. This is a couple years ago. Who goes to the, who goes to the club that same night after that piss poor performance? Who does that? So with Harden and Westbrook, they are the same guy. The only difference is one is left-handed. They can shoot. Harden can shoot. And he got the beard. That's it. But they both come up short when you most need them. They don't win. They don't win playoff series. They don't make up each other. They don't make others better. They don't. There's no difference between the two. And you know how people say, oh, LeBron is having a bad January. What's going on with the Warriors in January? You know how these, you know how these championship contenders lose games in the middle of January, in the middle of December, and the media starts to, hey, what's going on? What's going on with the Warriors? There's nothing going on with the Warriors. There's nothing going on with LeBron. It's just called a, it's a, it's called a marathon, not a sprint. They're just pacing themselves because they know at the end of the tunnel, there's the playoffs, there's the conference finals, there's the finals. They got to get through that. But you know who lights it up in December and January? LeBron, you can, uh, hold up. You can count on LeBron and them, Durant. You can count on them coming through in the postseason. Kawhi, you can, come, you can count on them 
coming through in the postseason, coming through when you most need it. But you know who lights it up in December and January? I'm going to give you guys a guess. In the last five years, guess who's won Player of the Month in December and January? James Harden, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook. Five years straight, either one of those two players won Player of the Month in December and January. They lights it up in January. They lights it up in December. They light it up in the regular season. They are regular season legends. But when it comes to the postseason, they are not, they are not effective. They are not, they're almost non-existent. And Harden, yeah, he did play well in that game six and elimination game against the Warriors last year. Okay, he played well. But I look at it here at 35. I looked at what he had the last two minutes of the down come down the stretch. He took some bad shots. He turned over the ball. He had some crucial turnovers. And then I look at what Steph did. Steph took over the game. Steph won the game. I don't have I don't I don't have a I don't nearly have enough of those moments. I don't see those moments with Harden. With Westbrook. I don't see it. I don't see it enough. And then when I when I do see it, it happens in the it happens in December and January. Who cares? Who gives who gives a damn about them showing up in December, January? Who cares? Most people don't start watching basketball until after the All-Star break or during Christmas or after Christmas. So who cares what they do during January and December? Does not matter. Westbrook hasn't won a playoff series without Durant. And he has Paul George. So you can't make the excuse that, hey, he's doing it by himself because he has a star with him. Who is actually better than him and and has surpassed him? And then Harden, he got. Uh, I mean, he has. He got Chris Paul. He got Dan Tony. He got P.J. Tucker. He got or he got Eric Gordon. He got Clint Capella. He has all these pieces with him right now. He has him right now. He has him right at his disposal. So there should be no excuse. We got to start making excuses for these guys. We got, we have to. We have to. It's an ultimatum. We have to start making excuses for these guys. So, I look at Houston and not, I'm going to get on first, before, before I move on. Let me get on Mike D'Antoni. Let me get on Mike D'Antoni. Mike Dan, Mike Antoni, because he doesn't focus on defense nearly enough. Does his system work in the postseason? Because I have my doubts. I have my doubts. It's going to win you a lot of games in the regular season because half of the let's just be honest, half of the teams that you play in the regular season don't get they don't care. They don't care whatsoever. Some 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 of them just don't care. You win you win you just win if you win about fifty games, you win about you win half of those games just based upon 
you wanted it and your energy going against the opposing team that's trying to tank. <laughs> like, you win half your games just by that. Just by default. So, it has regular season success, but where's the substance at in the postseason with this Dan Tony system? I don't see it. I do not see it whatsoever. The Dan does I mean do the Dan Tony system work in the postseason? Or like it does it is it gonna win you is it gonna win you a championship? Because that's basically what Durham Moore's been trying to do for the last few years. Like I mentioned, Daryl Moore is a very smart guy, and he's all about collecting the stars and getting talent, but he has talent on the roster, and they haven't, I mean, they got into the conference finals a couple times, and yeah, they ran into the Warriors, but you guys were tell you, you were the same people, you were the same people telling me that if the, if the Rockets had the, if they had Chris Paul... Game seven and games, it they the Houston would have won. Well, they got Cliff Paul last year. They got Cliff Paul. They didn't do nothing with him. He looked a shell of himself. But I'm not gonna talk to him no more. Back to Dan Tony or Antony because it's no D. He plays no he he fo- he does not focus on D nearly enough as he should. I got I got to start I got to start being skeptical of Mike D'Antoni. Now, don't get me wrong, I think he's a good coach and I think you can make an argument that he should be in a basketball Hall of Fame. What he did with Steve Nash in Phoenix and making him and turning him to an MVP caliber player and basically inflating his stats and down and now he's done the same thing in Houston with James Harden shifting Harden from the 2 to the 1 and inflating his stats with all the ball usage and all the ball dominant iso iso heavy that is gone through him you can make a strong legitimate argument that Dan Tony should be in the basketball hall of fame but does it is his system a championship winning system? Do it do can it win a championship? I don't know. And how they fear up in the West right now? Like I told you, I, I if Kawhi was to come out and say, Hey, I'm signed with the Clippers. Hey, sign with the Clippers. The Clippers will be better than Houston with Kawhi. But I don't think Kawhi's gonna sign with the Clippers. But if he signed with the Lakers, of course, the Lakers would be the best team in the West, in my opinion. But where would Houston fare? Where would Houston fare? I think Houston could be. I think Houston's also a lock to make the playoffs. I think they'll be in that top five. Maybe I, I, I can give them top three because Houston they're gonna show up in the regular season. It's just all about what they can do in the postseason that we have yet to see. What are they gonna do in the postseason? But I'm gonna move off of Houston. Because they really haven't done nothing. They haven't made no moves in free agency. It's not, it's not like they can. They can't, they, can't, they can't make no moves in free agency. Got some cap restrictions. 
Well, they got to move some players like Eric Gordon or Clint Capella, P.J. Tucker, and I wouldn't break the core up. But on to the Knicks. Uh, if you're a Knicks fan, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Knicks probably have the most incompetent, and I'm not going to say management because I think I went a little too far last episode when I said that I called them idiots. But cause I don't think they're. I don't think uh, Steve Mills, Stephen Mills is, is 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 an idiot. I just think that he's being used right now by I would say a probably an idiot with Jim Dolan and his ego. Anytime you ban a Knicks great like Charles Oakley from MSG is a shame. You should be ashamed of yourself. Anytime you ban, anytime you ban a Nick legend like that. But now, like I know MSG is special and it's always gonna be special, and it's gonna it's gonna be the mecca of basketball. But look at look at what's in MSG. There's no talent. I mean, nobody comes to MSG and say, "Oh, Mike, I'm coming to see this kid. I'm coming." To, they're coming for the. Opposing team, often star. I'm coming to see Durant. I'm coming to see LeBron. I'm coming to see Steph. I'm coming to see Giannis. Nick fans don't. It's, they should. They don't have nothing to cheer about. So with the Knicks, it just shows you why they're the Knicks. <laughs> I don't. I mean, the way how they were talking. They they first they thought they would get Zion didn't happen. Just because you have the best odds to, to have the number one pick doesn't mean you're gonna land the number one pick. So they didn't get Zion. Then you miss out on Durant and Kyrie. Uh, quote unquote. They weren't they weren't ready due to the Durant's injury to offer him the max. What the hell are you thinking? What the hell are you thinking? You weren't you weren't ready to offer him the max. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. And what the Nets did, the Knicks been trying to attract free agents ever like for what thirty years now. They've been trying to attract free agents to come. Twenty years now, and they haven't come, they haven't came. They don't even they don't even take interviews with the Knicks. They look at Jim Dolan, the Knicks, stupid. They don't even take interviews with the Knicks. They don't even take interviews. Stars don't even they they don't even have enough decency to sit down and have an actual conversation with the Knicks because that's how bad they are. But I can go on and on about this New York situation. Um, I'm looking at I was looking at Zion until they had this earthquake at the game. I was looking at Zion. Zion's gonna be great. Zion's gonna be great. He's dunking, blocking shots. The block shot that he had was crazy. Oh my god. But I can talk about the Knicks all day long. I, I, I'm not gonna do that because Knicks fans and Knicks supporters and Nick Nick insiders. Everybody that's associated with the Knicks 
in some type of form or fashion, know how bad they are, know how pitiful they are. So I'm, I, I can be all day with that. I can go all day with this, but I'm not. I'm not. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, hopefully we get Kawhi to join or make his decision. I don't know. To join the Lakers, to join the Raptors, join somebody. God damn it. Join somebody. Um, but I thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is longer than I expect, but you guys, I get some more content for you guys. Um, be on the lookout for updates, interviews. Um, I'm going to try to, I'm going to keep y'all posted. With this Kawhi thing, I don't think he's gonna make his, his announcement tonight. But um, oh oh, also I just got a report. I mentioned earlier about how about how with the net with the Lakers trade or the, basically with the Lakers trade, uh, if Kawhi doesn't make his decision. Before noon tomorrow, the Pelicans, the Hawks, the Wizards, everybody that was included with the in in the Laker trade in the AD trade, they're gonna look to cooperate with the Lakers, so the Lakers have enough cap space to be able to sign Kawhi Leonard if he decides to join the Lakers. I wanted to get that out to you guys. That report is gonna be big. Um, I just want to keep y'all in the loop of that because if that if they if teams weren't willing to cooperate, then there would be a lot of dominoes that would fall. And like I told you guys earlier, that I don't think that was gonna happen. So thank you guys for listening. Um, we only gonna go up. It's the only way to go. Keep listening. I'm gonna be in LA next week. Um, hopefully I can run into some people. I guess. I tell y'all about the LA experience. Um, keep, I'm gonna keep you posted. Keep you guys posted for updates on free agency, NFL talk, baseball, whatever. Whatever you want, you know where to find me. Isaiah Kid Podcast. I S A I H. Isaiah Kid Podcast. I G. No spaces, no caps. You know where to find me. If you have any questions, if you got anything you would disagree with, if you want me to talk about something on episode three that I didn't talk about in the previous two, just hit me up, DM me, text me, whatever. Good night. Thank y'all for listening. And I'm out.